you know um right the podcast that uncovers the origin stories of some of the biggest names in sports business media entertainment and so much more nick durst here along with joe calabrese and joe our guest today is really going to leave our guests with a lot to ponder about after listening to this interview <laughs> yeah 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 i, I knew he was going to do that uh i i know his tendencies by now but yeah we're very very excited to have him on um very excited to have a former nfl quarterback on with us uh one of the first round draft picks of one of the greatest draft classes of all time something that nobody can take away from him uh he founded the post recently so we'll get to pick his brain about that and his dip into the business world uh but we welcome christian ponder to the program christian did you like that introduction never heard never heard that one before it was brand new nick you should be a, a stand-up <laughs> stand comedian for sure but i'm good guys thanks for having me on <laughs> love the sarcasm usually nick's the one who, who deals with uh deals the sarcasm on this show so yeah. to see him get a little taste of his own medicine uh is great so uh what was well we'll start right out of the gate uh with your football career getting recruited in high school uh when did you know for the first time that you were going to have uh major division one schools interested in you and what was the process like uh being recruited yeah, uh, I got my first offer. It, it is interesting. Like, I, I always felt like, you know, I was a good athlete growing up. I grew up really – I played all sports, but baseball was kind of my thing. And then, um, you know, when I when I got to high school, you know, I, I grew up in the state of Texas, football is, is a religion. It's taken very seriously. And, uh, and I had a fork in the road kind of my freshman year, whether I was going to keep playing baseball or, or play football because I couldn't miss spring practice if I was going to be a quarterback. And, uh, and so at the time I was a shortstop in baseball. Well, the kid that was the same grade as me was really good. He ended up playing at university of Miami. And, and so they moved me to catcher. So kind of writing the wall was like, uh, maybe it's not going to be baseball for me. So maybe I should really focus on, on football. And, um, and so that, that was kind of when that focus and that became a priority for me. And I didn't know, obviously then it's like, all right, my goal is just to become the starting quarterback for the high school varsity team. And, um, and so that happened my junior year and, you know, obviously I always had dreams of, to play college football, especially at Florida state. My dad played there. It's like the only team we watched on, on television. And, um, and so, I, you know, my junior year was bad. I mean, it was not, it was not good. We, we played in kind of a wing tee offense, not very quarterback friendly, like, you know, toss the ball here, hand the ball here, all right, third and eight, all right, go throw the football and just, you know, was athletic enough that I played pretty well, was was good enough that I got some good throws on tape. You know, my dad made my made me a highlight tape, literally sent it to to every Division One school out there and, uh, you know, started getting some responses, you know, hey, come to our camp this summer. But really, you know, I think it was February of, of my, you know, following my junior season, I got my first scholarship offer from the University of North Carolina, which was so cool. Handwritten note, you know, here's, a, here's our offer for you. And um, I remember I was in the weight room, you know, working out after school when when my head coach offered me that that letter, and just it was um, it was such a, such an amazing feeling. So that you know that's when I knew okay this this dream's going to become reality. My goal was to go play for Florida State, and uh, and so they offered me to come to to camp that summer, and went and had a great camp, and you know a couple weeks later they finally 
made the scholarship offer and and committed pretty much right away after that because that was that was my dream school and but it was fun. I think I had twenty six offers. Uh, oh no, more than that. But we had we you know state of Texas. We had twenty six quarterbacks signed Division one scholarships wow. that year. The graduating class of two thousand six and and uh, and so a lot of good quarterbacks coming out of there. But but definitely it was it was a great opportunity and really fun to see that dream come alive. Yeah, everybody, all those schools are looking for the next Vince Young at that time. That's for sure. And yeah, well, and at the time, like football was a year-round sport in the state of Texas, right? It's like, well, you had your season, but then you, you went straight into seven-on-seven competitions. And, and we had a state seven-on-seven tournament every summer. And it was just, it was a year-long sport. And from, from a quarterback's perspective, I mean, especially with seven-on-seven, you're throwing the ball every every down. So the development the development for quarterbacks in the state of, high, in the state of Texas in high school was, was tremendous. And I was calling my own plays. So I was reading defenses and, okay, like, what play would work well against this type of defense, and and so the development was 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 big, and so um, so I think there was definitely something that was unique to, to exercise football. Now that's kind of expanded to a lot more states outside the state of Texas, but but definitely at the time we were kind of at the forefront of 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 that movement. So Florida State, easy decision for you, legacy there. Your father attended. What do you make of how now recently the news, your alma mater? They're not really happy with the revenue split in the ACC, and yeah. maybe they want to look to move. And just in your thoughts in general, because college football is very different now from when you played with all this realignment. It looks like yeah. we're going to end up having the Big Ten and the SEC as the main two, as the only two conferences at some point. Your thoughts on everything going on in college football these days? Yeah, it's it's wild, right? I mean, I think since I since I left, you know, I mean, my last year was 2010, the 2010 season. But, you know, over the last 13 years, a lot has changed, right? NIL, transfer portal, now this this conference realignment and consolidation, it's just um, – it's gotten really complicated and, and it's gotten really different. And and really what it's turning into is it's a professional league. And, you know, you could argue that it's really just a subpar NFL now um, because these athletes are getting paid. And obviously the quality of play is, is very different from, from what happens in the NFL. And – Look, you, you get the pop and circumstance of college football that you don't get in the NFL, which will always be a part of the game. But um, it's it's just really – it's really different. And I don't know what's going to happen to Florida State. You know, they have to raise a ton of money to be able to even exit. And, and the ACC and, – and I get that, um, you know, there's some other – you know, from a, from a TV revenue standpoint, like SEC is making a ton, a ton of money now. It is interesting to me, like, look, if, if – you know, the ACC is not as competitive. Obviously, you have Clemson, you know, University of Miami is always in play because they're always recruit pretty well. Um, but really, outside of that, like, it's it's not that highly competitive. And so, you know, do you have more of a chance to win the ACC and get to a playoff than going to SEC or, or the Big Ten, which is really crowded with really good teams? And who knows if, um, you know, you'll be the number one, two, three, or whatever even happens with this with this this conference realignment. I know now what we're getting to next year is going to be a dozen teams in the playoffs, which another change, right? Like, there's just a lot teams. going on. We'll have, but uh, eight teams from the wild. SEC and four Big Ten teams. It's crazy. Yeah, it's it's just it's so bizarre. And now, like Stanford might play in the ACC. Like, how does this even make any sense? You know, it's just it doesn't. It's it's crazy. It doesn't. And it's it's sad, right? Like, no more Pac-12 football. And I get look for those Pac-12 teams. Um, you, you play it, you play at midnight on the East coast a lot. And, and so you don't get the attention that, that all these other teams get, but you know, for Stanford to have to get up and go fly four or five times a year to the East coast to play a game, like that, that's just, that's brutal. Now it hasn't happened yet, but obviously looking somewhere to play. Um, it's just, 
the landscape is, is ex- the, the changes accelerated so fast over the last few years. Yeah, the Pac-12 kind of killed themselves because I think their upcoming TV deal is like on Amazon. So like you're not, they're not even on yeah. TV. So who's going to, I want to go brutal. put on Amazon at one o'clock in the morning to watch college football. Probably not. So I think no. streaming, streaming's killing, is killing athletics yeah. in my opinion. It's, it's killing everything really. I mean, it's, it's now, it's killing it now. Now there's going to be, uh, people are going to figure it out and people figure out the right way to, to like, look, I'm, I'm excited that, Sunday NFL ticket now is on YouTube TV, right? It's so much accessible. Now it's still 300 bucks a year, which is expensive. But like, to me, it was so much more accessible than having to have a stupid satellite dish on right. your, on your house that get it through, through uh direct TV. So pe- people will figure it out, but it is interesting. The Amazon play, right? Like, because you also think about recruits. Like if I'm a recruit and I'm going to go to PAC 12 team and you know, you, people are going to watch me on the Amazon and not ESPN or ABC or what, like that, that affects recruiting too, and and maybe even just slightly, but still, it's it's yeah. uh, it's definitely a different dynamic. Yeah, it's crazy. I think I saw it. There's going to be like the ACC game of the week is going to be on Peacock. So yeah, that's something for the recruits <laughs> to consider. You know, SEC, yeah, you're on is. CBS. Big Ten, you're on Fox. You know, you're, yeah. you're locked in in good spots there. But so Joe, he went to Marist. He was the big man on campus. So I can't relate with you guys here. <laughs> you were the big man on campus. On your senior year, you beat Miami and Florida in the same year, which is very rare to beat both of the rivals and have them on the schedule. So what, what was that senior season like for you, especially when you beat both of the Florida schools? Yeah, it, it was it was a lot of fun. It was the first time that we, you know, Florida State won 10 games in, in a really long time. And, and to beat those, especially Florida, right? We hadn't beaten Florida in I don't even know how many years in a row that we had, we'd lost to UF. And and so to get that one at home and, and to beat Florida earlier in the year, or to beat Miami earlier in the year. And it was interesting when I was in school, every time we'd go to Miami, we beat Miami. When Miami would come play us, we lost. So it was kind of this weird thing. But, um, <clears throat> but uh, yeah, I got, got to beat Miami twice. It was 2-1 against Miami. And and uh, uh, and the games, I was really 1-1 one one against UF. I didn't play my junior year because I was, I was hurt. And, and my senior battled some injuries. But they get 10 wins to beat those two teams. To make the ACC championship game was – was um to me just really proud moment and and you know they only got better after i left they won the acc they they won a national championship after i left but um but it was really cool to be a part of that team you know jimbo fisher's first year as the head coach was bobby bowden's last quarterback my my junior year and and um and so it just felt like I, i left on a high note and obviously played well enough to go go to the draft and get drafted in the first round but definitely a lot lot to be proud of so when in your college football career, did you realize or were you being told, hey, you're going to probably be drafted? And in that senior year, when did you kind of know, like, hey, I'm going to be a first-round pick? And what was that whole combine process and pro day process like for you? Yeah, yeah. I actually – I had gotten told – or I was told I was I would have been a first-round draft pick after my junior year, and I would have left early. But my junior season was ended uh, because I – Played Clemson on a Saturday night game the week before. I broke ribs, didn't practice all week. Go to this game. I'm wearing like 30 pounds of armor around, like bulletproof vests and all this stupid stuff around my my uh, my ribs so I can play. And uh, terrible game. Throw three interceptions. My last interception is gonna be a pick six. DeAndre McDaniel, 235 pound safety. I'm livid. I'm gonna like go blow this dude up. And uh, and I try and I don't blow him up. He blows me up. Uh, and then time separates a third degree separation. My AC joint. It was ninth, uh, ninth game of the year, I think. And so ended that season. 
And so I had to make a decision like, look, I'm injured. Do I, do I try to go out? And, uh, and to me, you know, the wisest decision was re- return for my senior year and, and still battle some injuries my senior year. Didn't have what I thought as good of a senior year as I should have um, because of those injuries, but still had enough good tape that, um, that I knew I was going to get drafted. I didn't know when, <clears throat> you know, after, again, after junior year, was told you could be a first round draft pick. Got, you know, got some mixed uh, thoughts, you know, after my senior year, could be first, could be second, could be early third. So I didn't really know, but, but obviously I had the invitation to go to, to the combine, you know, even before that played in the senior bowl was the senior bowl MVP, had a great combine. And, um, and really, you know, I, I think the combine is interesting because, you know, the tape doesn't lie. You already have tape. I think you're more judged on your tape than what your performance of the combine is. I think really combines about the meetings behind the scenes with coaches in front of office and, and uh, and it's, I'm sure you guys have read some of the headlines that come out of those meetings. Like they can be pretty brutal, and um, and uh, and so I think you're more judged off of those experiences than you are like your 40 time, unless you know, unless you're a quarterback and go run a five nine. Like that's probably not going to help you. But um, but it's more behind the scenes stuff than what you see on TV. Yeah. So you said your senior year, you end up you get your bachelor's degree in finance, you get your MBA, and that ultimately ends up helping you later down the road with the post. And we'll talk about that momentarily, but talk to us about finding out you're going to get drafted by, you're getting drafted by the Vikings and that first training camp, what the adjustment period was like. And also for you, you grew up in Texas, go to college in Florida. I mean, how brutal was a Minnesota winter? Yeah, it, it, it was tough. It was very eye-opening. Uh, I remember my my that first year, and uh, and we actually had some of a mild winter that that year, but mild was still some nothing I ever experienced before. But I remember um, coming. I think it's Christmas Eve. We had practice, and and there was you know now they have a new facility, but the old facility there was this kind of this big pond or lake right next to the training facility. And on Christmas Eve, it was like it was a warm front, so instead of fifteen degrees, it was thirty five degrees that day. And it is funny because I remember going there. They would tell you like, hey. You know, you get some days where it's the mid thirties or upper thirties, like you're going to wear shorts because it's going to feel warm for you. Like, you know, come January, February, like there's no way that's insane. Um, and, uh, and so, um, uh, we're driving by and so it's, you know, mid thirties and these guys have wheeled out a couch onto this frozen, you know, because by then every lake's frozen, it's all frozen over. They wheel this couch out on this lake. They had a TV set up. And they're in shorts and t-shirts and they're, they're ice fishing, you know, right next to this thing. I'm like, wow, this is, this is Minnesota life. And, um, but you know, the, it was an adjustment, it was an adjustment to living in, in Minnesota, which was, which was great. I had a lot of great members there. It's a beautiful state. Um, some was there are amazing. And, and, um, but you know, getting to play with guys like Chad Greenway and Adrian Peterson and, and, uh, and so many guys that, that uh, I, I came to be friends with and, and had great memories and, um, but it was such a bit too, like in the year I was drafted, there was a lockout. So it's not like I got all the OTAs and, and practice in the spring and summer. It was basically, I flew up, did the press conference, the more, you know, the Friday morning after the Thursday night draft and then got kicked out of the facility, had to go home and had no communication with coaches the, the whole time. And then finally, you know, the CBA gets agreed to basically the week before training camp happened, they signed on to McNabb to be the veteran quarterback. We start training camp. And, and obviously the focus was with Donovan getting him up to speed because he's going to get to be the starter. And, and so just, it was, it was very different and, and obviously, you know, a big, a big adjustment for me and um, ended up starting later that year. Didn't have, I think we won the uh, open up against green Bay, had a good game. We lost beat Carolina the next game, which was my first win. And then, uh, and then after that, you know, kind of didn't do great. Second year we make the playoffs and had a much better year and, 
Um, but uh, but it was a tremendous experience. I mean, just so grateful for that opportunity and and uh, and, and a lot of great teammates and, and a great team to be on. So you performed relatively well early in Minnesota. Again, that 2012 team made the playoffs. Adrian Peterson won the MVP that season. But what was it like uh, ultimately bouncing around going to the now Las Vegas Raiders? Back then they were Oakland Raiders. Uh, the Broncos, the 49ers. Uh, what was it like during that second part of your career, bouncing around to a couple of different teams with the expectation you're going in, that you're going to be competing for your job yeah. as opposed to when you were drafted by the Vikings, there was the expectation that you were going to be the starter. Now, your career numbers over the course of your tenure with the Vikings aren't so bad. You threw more touchdowns than you had interceptions. Barely. The record. <laughs> again, you made the playoffs, right? So it's like yeah. you had some success there. And you're probably thinking to yourself, like, okay, I've proven that, you know, I can start games in the NFL. I can play relatively well. You know, I could steady the ship. I can ultimately lead a team to the playoffs. So yeah. what was it like during that second part of your career? Uh, yeah. Again, like I said, looking uh, at it from a more competition perspective uh, instead of like you're going in to start immediately. Yeah, look, it, it was it was obviously a different dynamic. I, I think what happened to me, especially – well, even – after my injury in college, like, you know, my, my confidence level definitely took a hit even back then, but obviously, you know, going and, and, you know, I had a decent second year, didn't have a great third year battle some injuries there. And really, I think my confidence took a major hit. And obviously they drafted Teddy Bridgewater and I knew my time was done. And then going to new teams, going to Oakland and, and only making it through training camp and getting cut. I, I just, you know, my confidence was, was was gone and especially in the quarterback position right like that confidence is is really everything and um and so you know i it, it was it was difficult it was difficult for me and i think you know what what ended up being a bit disappointing was when i went to san francisco you know, I, I got signed kind of in the middle of training camp went and had a great training camp and and great preseason uh ended up signing with the team and and really enjoyed my time there had, had a great relationship with chip kelly and and uh and and so and ryan day who's obviously now head coach at, at ohio state and and um and kevin o'connell was the assistant quarterback coach who's now the head coach of the vikings just really enjoyed my time there you know i think that year we went three and 13 and it was colin kaepernick and blaine gabbard and, and i was kind of the third guy and um i thought i would have stayed with that team and could have had a chance to compete but just felt like i was really fit for that system and, and my, I kind of got my confidence back Unfortunately, you know, didn't didn't have that good of a year from a team's perspective, and they they fired Chip right after that season, so he was one and done there. And and I knew probably you know with a new staff, I wasn't going to get a get a chance to stay. And and had a couple of job offers offers after that. And really, you know, for me, we had one kid. Our second kid was on the way. I didn't want to be the consummate journeyman, new city, new team, moving my family every year. And so I decided that at that point, it was time to hang it up. When you hung it up, did you get any offers to go into coaching at any sort of level? Uh, you know, they, I think people are always recruiting or asking those questions like, hey, you should coaching. It was it was never going to happen for me. I, I think the coach I was not built to be a coach. Um, you know, I think job, the, the job security there, the the lifestyle choices, uh, it's hard. I mean, the hours those coaches work, I don't think. Um, people talk about it a lot, but it's, it's a really hard, demanding, grueling job. And I, I did not want to do that, especially with young kids. Like I just didn't want to put that time in. So it was, it was never, never really an option for me. Yeah. It's certainly a crazy grind. So for you in your playing days, 
what was your game day food routine? Are you eating before game? Are you eating <laughs> halftime, post game? And what kind of different meals are you eating? Because, you know, it's, it's a lot of energy, as you know. So you got to stay fueled yeah. carb up. Yeah. Uh, you know, at that time, it, it, you know, obviously we knew, okay, nutrition is important. But it really wasn't as stressed uh, as it is now. It wasn't that kind of taken that seriously. And so, I mean, the crap I would eat was terrible like chicken wings and pizza and french fries and oh i'm carbo loading but obviously they're all terrible carbs so um it was uh it was not good and and even in college uh, you know at halftime we walk in at florida state and you'd have like two sticks of juicy fruit gum and a chocolate hershey's bar and that would be your, your halftime stack which was wild now to think about it and um and and so it i didn't take it that seriously and i pay for it now because right i think my thought process was Look, I'm burning so many calories in practice and in games and workouts that I would just eat whatever I wanted. And now I'm still in the habit of like, I will crush a full plate of French fries in under two minutes, right? Like, and and now I've seen my lifestyle is very different that I, I need to adjust, but I haven't, I haven't adjusted yet. But yeah, I, I did not, nutrition was not a, uh, a big focus for me. It was, um, it was just whatever, whatever tasted good was going in my mouth. You give me a no comment on this, but I have to ask you because you went to Florida State about the world famous crab legs there are they really that good I, I, I never had any crab legs and i wasn't there i didn't cross paths with uh with the aforementioned person that you're bringing you're, you're talking about uh so i i i never i never experienced that so yeah that was that was uh, that, that one was over my head <laughs> nick loves asking the food question ask the hard-hitting yeah. questions yeah it does. Good. uh is there any specific memory time in your life when you were playing that you remember you went had a, like a go-to song or a musician or, you, or the team had a go-to song or a musician to get you guys pumped up before or after the games i you know it wasn't not i mean look at florida state it was always the phil collins like in the air like tonight like that was always playing uh in the locker room before the game and uh but other than that it was like you know every guy had their own song that they were blasting on, on radios. And I never really had specific songs that I, I listened to it was kind of, you know, uh, there was no, I, I didn't have, I, I wasn't that much. Um, like, I, I don't know. I didn't, I had some routines, but it wasn't like that detailed. Like I have to have this specific order of song and, and all that stuff. Um, so nothing, nothing in particular for me, but I think listening to Phil, Phil Collins, like before four state games, I, I hear it now and I'm like, Oh, like, it takes me back to that time for sure. So you touched on this before. Uh, your wife, Samantha, who's better known for her, her broadcasting career, her terrific broadcasting career at ESPN. Uh, how did you two meet? Uh, Twitter. Um, so, you know, I we talk about confidence, right? Like <laughs> my, co my confidence on social media and sliding in a DM was, was uh, way higher than my... Take notes, Joe. You need, to, you need to follow suit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So... Um, but we had, we had a bunch of mutual friends. And, and so I, I, it was, it wasn't like a, a cold call, like out of nowhere. Um, but yeah, that's, uh, that's how it started. What would you say? Another food question here is your go-to Arby's meal. I know you and Samantha celebrated your wedding <laughs> there. Had a nice dinner. What, what did you guys think? Yeah. Uh, I mean, look, what, is there anything other, in Arby's other than the classic roast beef sandwich and curly fries? Like, that's it. No, that's, that's, the, uh, that's the go-to. And, I, you know, I like the mix of, of Arby's sauce and horsey sauce. Got to get both on there. And I'll, I'll still crush Arby's. I love Arby's. 
could be a little uh, maybe endorsements perhaps yeah, for sure yeah. Uh, sponsorship yeah. for christian christian <laughs> you mentioned before you have two children so with everything that you've gone through in your career and you know, all the new studies that keep coming out would you allow your son to play football yeah, well, now we have we have three kids, um, and uh, you know, I, I would allow him to play football. Um, I, you know, it's interesting because living in Manhattan, it's not it's not really an option. So uh, right now, like you know, he's playing tennis, he's playing soccer, you know, he's playing baseball in the spring. Um, so it's not it's not much of an option right now. But I I I definitely I wouldn't stop him from playing. I don't know if I would like you know I'm not like encouraging him all the time, but it's really not an option anyways. So. Um, but, you know, obviously the game of football gave me a lot of joy and a lot of opportunity. And, and so I really, I love the game of football. Um, but yeah, I think it is a discussion that needs to be had. Obviously there are negative effects of the game, you know, concussions, obviously, but you know, the rest of your body, it takes a beating. I mean, it's modern day gladiators. And so um, I think, you know, it, it needs to be taken serious that it's not, you know, that is a decision and, and, and there needs to be understandings of, of the negative, ramification of football but really any sport right every sport has yeah. has some risk to it is it a weird how manhattan like there's no football <laughs> there's really no baseball it's like basketball tennis maybe you go golfing and, yeah and the i mean yeah it's like or you gotta go to randall's island right it's just there's right. no infrastructure for it yeah. and um and so you know there's flag football but it's definitely not not tackle i know maybe three high schools on the island have tackle football but yeah it's not it's not much of an option I see much more soccer recently, the last 10 years or so. And obviously, yeah. if you want to go to, to Chelsea Piers and skate around a little bit, you know, it's probably more to do so with hockey. But, yeah, you're right. Not not as much football. Yeah. I've seen you, Joe. I've seen you do some, some figure skating down in Chelsea Piers. Joe's a, Joe's a big ice skating guy, yeah. big hockey guy. He worked yeah. for that. Big hockey guy. Yeah. Yeah. So let's nice. talk about your most recent endeavor, and you're wearing the shirt, so you can kind of flash the shirt. Like, there you go. You're yeah. over here. We got – we got the post. We so got to do a jersey that. swap with Christian. Yeah, 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 yeah. To his <laughs> yeah. Love the sound of that. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, uh, you started the post a couple of years ago, 2021, yeah. uh, private membership network, connecting leaders. And so, uh, so goals of the company, you know, how did you, you go into this? Ultimately, where do you want it to go? Yeah, so the post is really rooted in, in my experience as an athlete and, and really missing being a part of the community when I was, was done playing. Um, you know, obviously I missed the competition and so many good memories attached to sport, but what I missed more than anything was was the people. I mean, athletes are my tribe and people I get along with best and enjoy being around, but I think what's also unique to athletes, uh, at least in, in, in the high-density environment that, that comes with sport, is all those people that are, you know, those athletes defined by their work ethic, their grittiness, their competitiveness, their ambition, the self-accountability thing, you know, the qualities that made great athletes great. And, um, and being in those environments made me better. I fed off of being around those types of people. And so when I was done getting into the professional life in New York and started, you know, in business, I, I just, I desperately miss being a part of that environment and that community. And, and as I started looking for things to plug into to kind of fill that void, just, you know, never found anything that ever replicated anything close to being in that, in that situation. And so when I, first of all, as an athlete, I'm like, okay, if I can't be the only athlete that feels this way and, uh, and maybe we should go build it. And yeah, what was an idea about three years ago, uh, is now a real thing. And, um, and, you know, we officially launched last spring and, um, as we had this idea of like building kind of the next locker room for athletes in life after sport, we didn't really know, okay, what does that actually look like? And so we studied a bunch of these 
different community-based businesses out there like YPO and EO and, and Soho House and, and how do we take some of these things that have been proven valuable and effective and apply them to athletes. And, um, and, and that's, you know, that's what we, we did and created the post and, you know, we're not helping athletes in transition, find their first job. We're really uh, building this premier leadership network, you know, through its exclusivity to athletes. If you look at athletes and, and their performance in business after sport, you know, people who've played NCAA sport only make up one and a half percent of the U.S. population, but they count for 15 of the last 21 U.S. presidents, 52% of women in the C-suite today, uh, an outsized number of Fortune 500 CEOs. And so there's, it's a massive outperformance for, for athletes when it comes to business. And, and so building the boundaries of the community, not only around a shared life experience and identity, and, and but also this opportunity to build this really powerful leadership network and um, have a lot of great people involved, you know, people who are at the C-suite level, CEOs of global ad agencies and founders of $50 billion private equity businesses and entrepreneurs of clothing businesses. So investors and, and realtors and are, are people in real estate and, and all different types of people. But you know, bonded by that, that idea of, of what it means to be an athlete and, and being a part of that community again. So it's been cool to see it uh, come to life. Super happy about, um, about how it's come together. A lot of, a lot of awesome people. And, and what's fun for me is like, obviously I'm on the side of building it, but I, I participate as a member. I just love being around, uh, around athletes again. So when is your, you know, grand location opening and where could everybody go to, to get some more information about this? Yeah. So we're opening up, so we're national memberships so have members all across the country, but a big part of what we want to do is having kind of that physical space to, to belong to and be a part of. So we're opening up our first clubhouse in New York City um, in Flatiron. That's opening, uh, I think, late late September is our, is our target date. Uh, so we're super excited about that. And uh, we envision, you know, a world where we can build 25 to 35 clubhouses across the country. Um, but there's already, you know, again, that's more the social side. We've already launched a business network. Uh, so you don't have to be in New York to be a part of what we're doing. To learn more, we have a website, www.thepost.co, which is .co, not .com. Um, you can go there and, and find more information. There's an application process to join. But we're for anyone who played uh, NCAA sport, any division, um, or, or Olympic or professional sport. And, uh, and so, yeah. All right. There you have it. So what would you say in your life or your career would be your, you know, I'm right moment? What I mean by that is a time or place where you wanted to pursue something. You asked somebody for advice. They said, Christian, that's an awful idea. Don't do that. And you said, you know what? I'm going to do it anyway. And ultimately, you will see why it is that I'm right. Yeah. I, look, I think it's probably founding the post. I mean, I got as you know, we raised some money from investors and, and we received a lot of no's and a lot of those um, because it was, you know, I think it went back to that. Oh, we can see this graph these in transition. But as someone who's 55, 65 years old, like, are they going to still see themselves as an athlete? And I knew yes, because it becomes so deeply ingrained in who you are and how you operate in this world. And, and uh, that we think it carries with you for the rest of life. That was our thesis. That was my thesis. It was my lived experience. And, um, and so I knew we had enough to start this idea. And, you know, I mean, we, I think our oldest members uh, 60 years old, we just talked to someone the other week who's 72 years old who applied to join. So uh, our idea of once an athlete and always an athlete uh, has come true. Christian, we appreciate your time. Uh, Nick and I are well-known athletes. Our softball team reaches the championship game every single year and Let's loses. Go. Yeah, Christian, uh, if you want to come play shortstop for us, yeah. I mean, we, we, we actually we, we we've it. needed we've needed a shortstop for a while. Third base, we right. can pretty much get by, and 
have some guys you can plug in and play really well. But shortstop, it's been a, a nightmare for three straight years. Haven't been able to oh. find a shortstop. So if you're in the business of getting back into baseball, softball, right. give us a call. Nice. Um, but right. we, we really do. appreciate your time. We wish you the best of luck with the post and everything moving forward. Appreciate it. Not too far away. And what we do here is we give our guests the last words. So if there's anything else you would personally like to share or promote, by all means, the floor is yours. Appreciate your time again. It was awesome. No, thanks, guys. Yeah, appreciate it. And you guys are, are giving me opportunity to talk about the post. So, again, just would highly encourage anyone that, that was a former college athlete, uh, come check us out. All right. Thank you, Christian. That's going to do it here for this episode of You Know I'm Right for our very special guest, Christian Ponder, for my co-host, Joe Calabrese. I am Nick Durst, and this has been You Know I'm Right. Mm-hmm.